0: What is up, my loves? Happy Thursday. So this guest episode that I have queued up for you is insane, and I had the wonderful opportunity to interview this individual. Her name is Allie Bonner. She is the founder and CEO of Queen, a food company on a mission to bring the fun back into eating. Their flagship product, granola butter, is the world's first oat-based spread. Now, I reached out to Allie Bonner um, to come onto the pod- podcast for a multitude of reasons. But first and foremost, she. Um, when I found out about her, I really resonated with her binge eating story that she went through. And for all of you listeners, you guys know that I struggled with binge eating disorder for a while. And... Because of that, when I find other, um, you know, people out there who openly share and are super vulnerable about, you know, what they went through because it was such a shameful experience, um, I immediately want to connect. I want to know all about you, and I just, you know, I I really do have such utmost respect for those who who share like that. So that's actually how I found her. And then the more that I um, got to know who she was. I understood that she turned this painful experience, this, this struggle, this journey that she went through, um, and she turned it into something so beautiful. She really ignited that fuel within her and, and made that her passion, right? And so you guys know that I'm um, all about that. I, I jam on that all the time about how we can make our mess our message. And that is exactly what Allie did. The one thing that I absolutely love about her and that you guys, I know you guys will too, is that she has such a profound perspective and she really reminds you um, that it's its all a journey and there's no comparison. There's no there. You know, we are all on our separate journeys together and we all get to navigate it at whatever pace and whatever avenue is best for us. So without further ado, if you are ready to be reinvigorated and re-inspired, For not only your journey, but for just what's to come in life and all the possibilities, then this is the episode for you. Hey you, welcome to the Let's Get Em podcast. I am your host, Emily Bott, an emotional wellness coach on a mission to end the struggle with food and our bodies. I am a firm believer that our lives are as good as we make them, and the obsession with food and our looks is no longer cutting it. This podcast is for you if you want to remember that you are more than a number on a scale or a gene size. So if you are ready to reconnect with who you genuinely are through relatable, practical, and spiritual tips, then I'm your girl. Remember, I've got your back and you've got mine. We are all on our self-love journeys together, so let's get them. Awesome. I think we are recording. So welcome, Miss Allie, to the Let's Get Em podcast. I am so happy that you're here. I'm
1: so excited to have you. And yeah, just hi. (laughs) Yay, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me and excited to dive into all the things. (laughs) Yeah, always, always.
0: So we were just having a conversation before this for my audience who's listening, um, just about, you know, one, how I actually found you. I didn't even tell you about this. So you were on a friend of mine's podcast, Crystal Rose. Oh, Yes. She's, oh my God, I love her. And that's how I originally found you. And then I just stalked you on social media. And I was like, wow, this woman is really cool. I just really vibe with a lot of her content, all of that. And then I found your podcast where you started speaking about. It's called Queencast for my viewers who are listening, um, and you were speaking about your binge eating story. And when I listened to it, like I just said before, I I think there is so much power when you hear something that you've resonated with, and there's so much healing that comes from knowing you're not alone or that you know other people have gone through something that you've gone through. And so I immediately was like, okay, I need to talk to this woman. Like, (laughs) okay. So um yeah, that's kind of how I started reaching out to you and and really diving into just what you're all about. And then I was learning about your company and all the things that you're doing there. And I'm so excited to dive into everything.
1: So Um,
0: cool. Yeah. So but to start off, let's just um let's just get the basics down. Where are you from? Who are you? Just like a little rundown of the person. Yes,
1: (laughs) totally. Yeah. Um, So hi everyone. I'm Allie. I am based in San Diego. I actually grew up here, um, spent a little stint up in the Bay in San Francisco, went to school up there um, and then came back down to start my food company. So that's been a whole journey. We can dive into that. Um, So I started it with my boyfriend, who's also my co-founder. That's a whole nother topic, (laughs) 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 working with your partner. Oh my God. Mm. Um, But yeah, I have a really, really, you know, in depth long journey with food and I'll try and keep it pretty short. But um yeah, I've just struggled with food in my body since, you know, I was very young. I think really I was one of those people that, you know, I never had anyone say anything Mm -hmm. that was like Mm -hmm. terrible of course there's like kids you know making fun of other kids it was like little things but it wasn't like you know I've heard stories of other women whose parents brought them to Weight Watchers or something kind Mm -hmm. of traumatic like that which was an external sort of um you know source telling you that your body wasn't good enough but for me it was Uh always internally driven like I you know grew up playing sports was always really active um And for whatever reason, just always was really hard on myself and the way that I looked. Um, I kind of, you know, now looking back, I think a lot of it did have to do with growing up in Southern California, you know, at the beach all the time and also playing volleyball. So a lot of my friends were like 5'11", 6 feet tall. I was the libero. So for anyone who's not familiar with volleyball, it's like the shortest person on the team. So I'm surrounded by all these women that are, you know, beautiful, but just they had sprouted up overnight. And so a lot of them were very tall and thin, sort of like, you know, model type bodies. And oh, I was yeah. sort of just this like short, stocky, you know, muscular person. Wow. Um, which now, no, you know, I always thought of myself as so short, but I'm five, five, which is like very mm-hmm. average, but when I'm oh, surrounded, I'm like five, three girl. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, being surrounded by all my friends who were like oh God, yeah. six feet tall, I was like, oh, I'm so short and stocky. And it's like, mm-hmm, it's so mm-hmm. crazy how our perception can just shape so many oh, things. So nice. and then I got to college and I was like, oh wait, everyone's my, <laughs> my my (laughs) friends are just giants. Cool. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where everything really started. I mean, I remember, you know, really going on my first diet in probably, you know, the end of middle school, beginning of high school, um, and had no conception of, of, you know, counting calories or even counting things. I remember it was called the zone diet. It was like Mm. this, like kind of, you know, old school shitty diet. And I did it, um, you know, just, I remember I found it, like, I think I was on a cruise ship with my parents. We were on vacation and my mom had won this like free, you know, you know, consultation with the nutritionist. Mm -hmm. And, um, Mm -hmm. she, my mom is like a very eat to live type person, um, not live to eat. She literally does not care, you know, Not okay. emo- no emotional connection to food, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And she's always been a really good kind of source um, for me and just like stability throughout the whole, you know, dysfunctional relationship with food. Yeah. But so she took me along. She's like, let's go see what this is all about. And, you know, she left the meeting being like, that was dumb. Like, I'm going to go get a pina colada. Mm-hmm. And then I left it being like, just my eyes were sort of open to like this whole world of, oh, you count how many almonds you eat, you know, type of thing where it was just like, Like I had no, (laughs) exactly. The seed was planted. And ever since then, I felt like it was just this downhill Sort of, you know, downward spiral and obsession with food. So, um, I mean, we can dive in deeper, but long story short, ended up studying nutrition in college, all for the wrong reasons. Really became obsessed with just eating perfectly clean all the time, um, and really just treated my body really, really terribly for many years. And so, eventually, came to the place where you know I am now through years of self-love, food freedom, all of that good stuff. And, um, actually created my Instagram account, which I still run today. Um, to really, it, it just got me back in the kitchen. It got me, you know, playing with food again. I think I was so terrified of, of food and so fearful of it that I feel like Instagram actually created this beautiful medium for me to just sort of get creative and have fun in yeah. the kitchen again. So that's really, you know, kind of the basis of my account and. Um, yeah, and so here I am now and talking to you and I'm so happy to dive in or share more or whatever you want to touch on. Yeah, Allie, I just one want to
0: say again, thank you for sharing and being, you know, just so open and so vulnerable. I, I think that there's, again, just such a profound lens of like healing that kind of come from other people sharing. Mm-hmm. And You know, it's so interesting because so many aspects of your journey, I'm like, yeah, like, I totally get that. And starting with um, how you said you were, you know, in middle school or I think it was middle school Mm -hmm. and you were just around people. Like it it was a very normal relationship to food in your body until it wasn't, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like all of a sudden your eyes become open. You're like, oh, okay, well, why do I not look like this? Why do I, you know, all the things. And it starts pretty innocently. You know, there's never, like you said, your, your parents weren't saying, you know, um, bringing you to Weight Watchers or you're saying things about you. And you said that your mom was very intuitive with her, Mm -hmm. her food, right. And just like a very good model, you know, totally. And, and then, you know, sometimes it affects one person and sometimes it doesn't affect another person. Like you said, when you went to that cruise ship and all of a sudden you had that consultation and you're like, wait a second, like I can count things, I can do this. And, And so it's just so interesting how, I mean, one, like you were such an intuitive eater before And then all of a sudden one little thing just kind of sprouted, like I always think like a little thought form and then that leads to another thing and that leads to another thing. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in this almost like obsession and spiral. And it just, it really does
1: accumulate over time, you know? Mm -hmm. It's so true. Yeah. And I think that's something too, that's really important is just, you know, like, it's so interesting how one person can be so affected and other people mm-hmm. can't. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when I started to open up about this, my mom, I think her first reaction was, Oh no, like, where did I go wrong? Or what did I say? Or what did yes. I do? And I was like, No, honestly, I think it was just me living in this society that's so, it just puts thinness on a pedestal mm-hmm. so, so much. And I can't even imagine for people that are growing up now with, social media, like, you know, I'm 28. And so when I was growing up, it was more like America's next top model magazines, like TV, you know? Yeah. And so at least there was that separation where it's like, you saw models in the magazines or on TV, but you're like, <laughs> well, they're super models. So like right. there was part of me that was like, Oh, I want to look like that. But like, I know I never will. Yeah. But now it's like on social media, you see these girls next door that, you know, everyone's airbrushing everyone's getting plastic surgery everyone's photoshopping Mm -hmm. and it's just unattainable but it feels like it is because it's like oh this is becky you know from you know next door like (laughs) but she has like a perfect body and face and so i think that's really toxic almost more so than like the magazines and all of that oh i completely agree it's so interesting how Again, it's like these
0: subconscious messages that we pick up and we don't really realize, you know, it, it all of a sudden, I remember I used to think that too. I was so ashamed. I was like, how did this happen to me? Right? Like I, I'm the person who doesn't care about that type of thing. Like that, that couldn't be me and mm-hmm. all these things. And, and even my mom too, she was like, where did I go wrong? Like I screwed up all, like X, Y, and Z. I'm like, no, there is no blame here. Like it wasn't your fault. It wasn't my fault. It was just all these like little things that I began consuming. And as I realize and how I look in social media now, I mean, I believe that it just creates more of, you know, what we are, so to speak. So it's like, if we want to, if we want, if we are looking, you know, at the models and all the and the fitness people and all that stuff, like we're going to get a lot of that. And we're going to really think that we're not enough and that our body is imperfect and that we're not thin enough and strong enough and muscular enough. But also on the other side there of social media, there is some, I say good to it because, um, You know, I think there is such a beautiful community. Like you were saying, when you started playing back around with food and you started your Instagram account, it really did allow for you to have fun and find like a really loving community and just things like that too. So I, I do think that social media, it's just a tool and it really depends on your intention and how
1: you use it. Like completely, but no, no, oh, sorry. No, no, no. I was, I was just going to say, yeah, that's so true. And like people love to shit on social media and you know, yeah, there's definitely things like I mentioned that can be really toxic, but it's also a tool. And I love that you mentioned that because I've actually had to really do a deep dive and like, you know, cause it's my job. Like I'm on social media all the time, yeah. you know, for my personal account, but also our business account, you know, for the company, the food company that I run. And so it's like, I'm always on Instagram and I was in like really, really dark place, you know, probably a year ago. Cause I was just surrounding myself with like all these, you know, Victoria's secret models and like people mm-hmm. that I know I will never look like. And I was doing it almost like hate following them. Like, uh-huh. oh, like maybe this will motivate me to go to the gym more. And I'm just like, yeah. why am I doing that to myself? So I did like a deep, you know, total overhaul, deep clean of who I was following. And so I think it really is our own personal responsibility like we can't yeah. play the blame game you know it's like right. if we're going to be consuming that much social media like create a, an environment and create a beautiful space of like what you're consuming oh
0: absolutely i could not agree more i i totally have done that too i remember you know when i was a teenager i would always look at people just to motivate me like mm-hmm. i remember i used to follow all these like fitness accounts on instagram and i once like saved like an image of somebody with abs that had like a workout and I put it as my background, my wallpaper on my phone. My friends probably thought I was ridiculous, but I was like, no, this is my motivation. Like I need to look like this girl.
1: Mm -hmm. I have no idea who that woman is, but like that was my wallpaper for like six months. (laughs) Totally. And you don't know what she did to look that way. You don't know the airbrushing. Like that's the thing. There's so many things oh. that happen behind the scenes. And I mean, I can say this from someone who, you know, obviously I'm not a fitness influencer, but mm-hmm. someone who puts out content, like huh. I'm always, and I'm someone who's trying to not do just the highlight reel. And mm-hmm. even I am like, oh, I want to post this picture because like the lighting is great. And I like the way I look in it. Like ever, it's just, you know, wow. everyone wants oh to God, share yeah. their best, photo. And Mm -hmm. part of that is like the algorithm, whatever. Like if I shared like a dark photo of me folding laundry, like it would get zero, (laughs) zero views. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, it's also just like human nature. I think, you know, we want to put our best foot forward. And so it's like when we're only consuming other people's like best photos of themselves and we think it's just how they look in the day to day, it's just not Mm -hmm. healthy mentally. (laughs) No,
0: I know. And we so easily fall into like that comparisonitis mode, even when we logically know, okay, this is the highlight reel, right? Like I, it's so funny how many times I'll remind myself, Hey, I'm like, this is their, their best. And actually, you know, like they're only putting out the stuff that you want us to see, which is totally fine. That's how it works. But I still fall victim into like, ah, like she's further along or she's doing this. You know, and it is so easy to just be in that mode of comparison all the time. And whether that's with, you know, how you look in your body or like your business, just certain things, it's just so easy to constantly be comparing and kind of for, like
1: lose yourself
0: in it a little bit, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a hundred percent. hmm absolutely
1: yeah no it's so true I remember seeing like a there was like a mom that had like five kids was living in Hawaii on like a mango farm like literally I do not want five kids I you know Hawaii is beautiful I don't want to live there but yet I see her photos and I feel jealous and I'm like Allie, you know I like almost lose myself for a second like check yourself like yes her photos are beautiful but like if you actually had five kids and you were living in Hawaii like you wouldn't be happy, you know, yeah, it's, like <laughs> it's just like, thing. not my life. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just funny. Uh,
0: that's so good. I, um, you know, you mentioned something, I don't know, I think I was listening to your podcast and how, when you first started your social media, like, you know, journey, I should say um, you, I, and you still are so open and so vulnerable on it. Like you literally express everything. So just tell me, how has that been for you just to be like an open book? Cause I think you even said that a lot of your journey Um, with like your eating disorder, you told people on
1: social media, Mm -hmm. is that right?
0: Like through Instagram?
1: I know. Yeah. So weird. (laughs) So millennial of me. Um, Yeah. I think it's been, I mean, again, it's been super healing in so many ways. Like Mm -hmm. first, I think it just acted as a medium to get me back in the kitchen, as I mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, yeah, have fun with food again. I think especially in the wellness industry that's so needed. And that's also really a huge mission of ours at queen at my food company is like Mm -hmm. just, you know, reminding people that food is supposed to be super fun. Yes. Our products have clean ingredients and they make you feel good and all of that, but more so like, I think a lot of wellness and food companies focus so much and so heavily on, you know, Oh, it's vegan, it's gluten-free, it's low sugar, Mm -hmm. paleo, whatever. And we get kind of caught in these value props and you're not, you know, and then you're eating it and you're like, am I eating this because it's healthy for me or because I actually like the way it tastes and it, you know, makes me feel good and all of that. So really nuanced, but, um, anyways, back to your question. Yeah. I mean, the vulnerability piece has been so huge for me and I think, you know, it's definitely ebbed and flowed. Like I go through phases. I think sometimes where Mm -hmm. I I'm like very, I don't know. I I'm a very extremist. Like I'll, you know, get really passionate about talking about body image and it's all I talk about on my account for, you know, a month or two and then I'm really burned out and I feel like oh my gosh like I've almost kind of worn myself out with talking about that and then I'm like oh I'm gonna hop back over to doing recipes like right now I'm in this Instagram reel, like recipe reel phase where I'm just like yeah. doing a bunch of like fun food reels because I think also it really reflects where I am in my journey like mm-hmm. right now I just feel so comfortable with food and so like it's such an easy breezy Relationship that it's not something I'm really thinking about a lot, and so it's not something I'm really talking about on social. Um, mm-hmm. Versus a little bit earlier in my journey when it was something I was really working on and. You know working on healing. I was talking a lot about it because it was something I was currently struggling with. So yeah, I think I really brought people along for the ride. And something I'm really clear about on my page is just that it is a journey. Like it's it is not linear. You know, there are ups and downs and um, it's <laughs> yeah. a roller coaster, girl. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. insane. And I think, you know, COVID actually recently was interviewed for, um, I think it was Bon Appetit, but some, it was an article that, that, you know, it was like a food magazine. And I was like, why are you interviewing me? But they were talking about how a lot of, you know, COVID has kind of resurfaced a lot of these disordered food um, behaviors and patterns in a lot of people. And it's so true because I mean, you know, it's like not about the food at all. It's more, you know, a control thing or, you know, so many different reasons for different people. For me, it was like definitely a control thing. So I actually, you know, realized around March, April when the shit was like really hitting the fan and everything else felt so out of control, all of a sudden like these old behaviors started popping up and it was this weird like ego thing where I was like, this isn't like, I'm healed. Like this isn't me, you know, I'm like, are you kidding? And then I was almost embarrassed because I was like, I have this, food freedom and body love account, you know, and I can't be like sharing that I'm, you know, relapsing or having issues. And, um, yeah, so that was kind of a weird time, you know, for, for everyone, but for me. And so, um, I think just being open, yeah, it's like a form of therapy for me selfishly, but also knowing that, you know, other people are going through the same thing and it's, you know, if it helps one person and like I've done, you know, it's, I've done my job. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Well, First of all, I could not agree more with like everything that you just said, um,
0: especially with social media too. It's like giving ourselves the grace to be open about what we're currently experiencing and knowing that like somebody's gonna need to hear it. You know, and like there is, I think sometimes it's so easy to get pressured into thinking that you need to continue talking about one thing, but if that's not like what's on your heart right now, it's not gonna land as well anyway. So it's like, why would you force something that's, you know, if this is therapeutic for you as well, you're allowed to express.
1: What you need to mm-hmm. you know. It's true. Yeah. I love that. I think sometimes, you know, I talk to people and obviously everyone works differently, but for me I'm so like I'll just share what like in the moment, you know. And there's some days that I'm just I'm not inspired to share anything, so I don't post and but I know some people will like plan out their posts, and I'm like, I could not be more opposite. Like, yeah. like yeah. I, if I'm in the moment and I'm wanting to share about something, it's like I can't. It just feels fake of me to share yeah. anything else unless it's like a sponsored content, and I have like yeah. you know signed a contract oh, yeah, to okay, share yeah. something that day. Yeah. Then I'm like, okay, well, I have to, but um, gotta pay my rent somehow. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Well. So yeah, no, that's I totally agree with you. Yeah, and what you said about COVID too. I, you know, it's so funny.
0: So it's December now. Like time is such a concept, first of all. So it has been, what is it? Nine months now in like quarantine, COVID, whatever. That's so wild. And I remember when it first hit, like I just was first really thankful for like where I was in my current relationship with food and my body, because in like previous years I was really stuck in binging and this disorder. And I was just like, so out, like out of sorts. And I remember thinking like, oh my goodness, it's, Like, obviously our tendencies with food, it does create like safety and security, especially when we're really stuck in that, you know, that disorder. And I was just like, I had so much compassion and like hurt for the people who were still really struggling because I'm like, I cannot imagine how much more severe some of these things might be, like acting mm. up and and it makes so much sense that when these like external things are going to shit, like literally the world was falling apart in March and I was like, I can't do it. And then even into like the summer and I was even freaking out too. And I was like, oh my goodness. And of course, like as somebody who also is like food freedom and really considers herself healed in so many aspects, there was that voice popping in being like, hey girl, do you really want the extra piece of bread? Or like, hey girl, maybe you should go work out more and like all these things. Mm -hmm. And I I had to like, again, give myself compassion and grace for like, wait a second, that's okay. Like, I hear you. I know that you're just trying to like keep me secure here because everything else is just like, who knows what? (laughs) And I'm just not gonna listen today. And even the days where I did listen, I was like, oh wow, now that I've noticed that, okay, like cool. We have some awareness around it. And now moving forward, we know like what it is and where it's coming from.
1: I love that. Yeah. And, and that's the biggest thing. I think people think once they heal the relationship with food, those voices and those thoughts Mm -hmm. aren't going to pop back up. And I mean, maybe that's true for you or for someone Mm -hmm. else, but for me, you know, they're definitely still there. Like, and I love this concept. I don't know if you've heard of body neutrality versus Mm -hmm. like body positivity, Yeah. but it's just, I mean, it's such a simple idea and I don't Mm -hmm. even, you know, obviously I didn't make it up. Someone created this idea, but it's really just, you know, treating your body like a vessel. Like it's not, you know, I think body positivity has, you know, these connotations of it's like, you are in love with yourself every day. Like you love every, you know, the way you look and, mm-hmm. and you wake up kind of like with rainbows and butterflies and like <laughs> dancing around naked. And it's like, that for me is not attainable. Um, especially, you know, on days where I'm having like bad body image days, like mm-hmm. sometimes it takes all of my strength to look in the mirror and just like not say something hateful about my body. Mm-hmm. So I really love this concept of body neutrality. Cause it really gave me something to work towards that was a little more, you know, just, realistic, I guess, and attainable where it's like, okay, my body carries me from point A to point B. Like I can respect everything it does, but I don't have to be in love with it every single day. Oh my goodness. I love that. I I really do because especially at the beginning too.
0: um, So part of my journey, like I like purposely decided to gain weight. And when I did that, my, my ego, my mind was like screaming, crying. It was just, it was a very difficult journey. Right. And I remember thinking there's no possible, it's not even accessible for me to say something positive about my body. So me even trying to do that would just be like getting me further from the point. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what's like a believable statement that I could have or what is something that I can at least accept about myself? And a lot of it was again, yeah, just becoming neutral with like, this is just a body. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like this is just an arm and then realizing, Oh wow. Okay. What does it allow me to do? Okay, cool. Like I can do this and drink my coffee and write this, you know, And it's, it is such a slow journey and process. And I, yeah, I agree too that. It's, it's not all butterflies and rainbows, like more often than not, especially when you're starting, it's like the complete opposite. And you're just, you're going back and forth. You're like, oh my goodness. Like, do I like this? Do I not like, what am I doing? Can I handle this? Like, there's so many questions, right? It's uh, it's the craziest thing, but I, yeah, I definitely do love um, body neutrality as well. And it's, how can we view ourselves as not like, as our bodies are just that, right? It, it gives us life. Like we are allowed to like do this whole human thing because of our bodies. And that's pretty cool.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Super cool. Really badass. Yeah. For mm-hmm. me recently, I had to gain a little weight too. I was trying to get my period back. Yeah. And I mean, it was just such a crazy experience because for so long, I almost, you know, I don't, and I just did a podcast episode on this, but I almost you know, felt like because I didn't have a period, I was like skinny enough and I was doing things right. Right. And I was working Mm -hmm. out really hard and almost like a badge of honor in like a sick twisted way. And I think maybe it was just, you know, with age, I'm not trying to have kids like anytime soon, but (laughs) eventually, and I just realized like, you know, and then also my doctor was like, this is not healthy. Like you've been without a period for how long? And, Mm -hmm. you know, Part of me was like, "Well, this is pretty nice. I don't have to worry about you know buying tampons or anything." Oh my god, yeah. But then I was also like, "You're right. Like this is not healthy." And it's just so crazy how you think you're so far along in recovery, and then she was like, "Well, you know, if you really want to get it back, like we can try these different herbs." But also, part of it is you know gaining a little bit more weight, eating more carbs, and kind of just making your body feel as safe as possible. Because for me, you know, running my own business, especially a startup, like it's just not possible or you know, realistic for me to think that I'm going to have really low stress levels. Like I'm yeah. super stressed all the time, which yeah. most of us are, I think. I feel, that, I feel that. Even if you like throw in a little five minute meditation, it's like, you know, we're not meditating all day at an ashram <laughs> or something. Um, <laughs> but those five oh, minutes go really fast. <laughs> oh, so fast. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, gotta go. Okay. Um, yeah. like I'm stressed out cause I'm late cause so I was meditating. <laughs> I was Literally. Like, oh counterintuitive. <laughs> I'm like shit. Um, and so she was like, you know, you have to make your body feel safe in other ways. So like, here are some other options. And when she said that, Oh my God, the pang of fear of like, wait, what do you mean? Right. When I thought I was so, you know, chill, like easy, like love my body. And it was like, it's just crazy how these little things can kind of push you and force you to grow in, you know, more ways. But, um, but yeah, but once I got it, you know, got my period back and everything, I was just like, Oh, like the miracle of womanhood. And I was just like, so, you know, proud of my body for what it did. Like it was such a crazy thing because I would just been without it for so long. And, um, yeah, it's just awesome what our bodies can do when we just support them and give them, you know, fuel and the proper, like, you know, tools for them to do what they need to do. Yes. Oh my God. So you saying that too, like
0: that is something that I experienced for a couple of years as well. And it's actually not something that I've really talked about that much, but recently I've been Becoming more open about it, and I almost felt like a fraud. Like when I, because I had lost my period for a, a couple of years, two, two and a half years, and I remember during that time, like I again, I was, I had food freedom, and I really stopped my binging. I stopped all the things that I was like really stressed about. But that was part of the reason why I internally knew that, like, okay, I need to gain weight. Like I, there was something in me that was just like, I want this back naturally. And because I'd been on birth control, I'd been on so many different types of birth control mm-hmm. and that's a whole nother story. But like yeah. my body was like rejecting it and did not like it. And I was like, oh man, I, it's so funny because where you almost felt like it was a badge of honor. Like at first I did, cause I'm like, Hey, no birth control, whatever. But then mm-hmm. afterwards I was like, wait a second. When I started getting more into this work, I was like, I just feel so inauthentic, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like so out of integrity because I'm, like, talking about all these things, and yet, like, I haven't even got my period back naturally, and so it was one of those things, when I got it back, I literally cried for, like, two days. Oh, straight. same. <laughs> like, I, I, I called my mom, like, you're never going to guess what just happened, like, she was, like, so happy, too, it's, you know. I was, and, like, is this the hormones, or am I just, like, excited? <laughs> no, seriously, because it was something that I had been waiting for for so long, and it, it sounds so funny, because I think when we're kids, we're just, like, oh, my God, no, you. but then it's, like, wait a second, my body is, like, working, like, usually, profound sense of appreciation for like, oh my God, like this is awesome.
1: Exactly. Well, I, you just feel broke. Like I felt broken without it. And I mean, it is super like they call it, I think the fifth vital sign or something like it's really important to have it. And I think for so long, it just, I was kind of, I, I guess when it finally came, it was like a cry of relief because I was just like, whoa like you know those things that are bothering you subconsciously but you kind of push them so far back that you don't even realize on a day-to-day it's like running through your mind subconsciously like when it finally came I was like oh my god like it was this like release where I was like I was actually really stressed about this but I just didn't really I kept telling myself like it's not a big deal it's not a big deal and then it came and I was like oh thank god (laughs) like I can probably have kids one day you know it was like this whole like just like release and of tension and build
0: up and all of that yeah Oh my God, like 100%. I would find myself ironically like on social media looking at people who would like talk about it and be like, this is how to get your back." all these stuff. Like, and then I would feel worse about it because I wasn't there yet. And so then I was creating this like mental chaos. You know, this mm-hmm. is when social media was not a great tool for me because I went down that spiral and it just made me feel so bad about myself. And again, mm-hmm. I really internalized like something's still wrong and it, I'm not far along enough in my journey and like all of these things. And the funny thing is like,
1: it always takes so much longer than you think it's going to take. Exactly. Like with anything. It really does. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, my God. I was working with a naturopath, and it was like, you know, she had me on maca and vitex and all these sort of, like, more herbs and kind of natural supplements. They ain't cheap, first of all. And second of all – Yeah, mm -hmm. They mm-hmm. take forever. And so it was like right around I think I was taking them super consistently every single day. And it was right around the six month mark. Six months. Like most people, you know, I feel like in Western, you know, medicine we're so yeah. used to like take a pill, you get a period tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And I was like six months in and I almost emailed her being like, All right, what else you got? Cause like mm-hmm. this ain't working. Like I had scheduled an acupuncture appointment, you know, like ah, just oh, to try out I different that too. things. Yeah. And I was like, all right, like we need to, you know, call in the big guns. Can we like get some prescription drugs up in this bitch? Yeah. And then it came and I was like, okay, thank God. But yes, yeah, wow. six months of like really, you know, steady, consistent yeah. um, work. So yeah, it takes time for sure. A hundred
0: percent. And for me too, my journey was with exercise as well. Like I, I think I, was so, I, I talk about this a lot, but I was really into, like, hardcore hit workouts every single day, like, wake up at 6 30, like, very, like, boom, boom, boom type of energy, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. in college when I was just, like, binge drinking and doing all these crazy things, and that was just a whole mess, mm-hmm. but because of that, like, my body, like, I would work out so much, and so I remember when my I, I became obsessed, right? Like I became, it became this thing that I was so dependent upon. And I remember going, when I was talking to my doctor and she was like, well, maybe, you know, like that's part of the reason why you're not having a period and all these things. And I was like, but I can't give it up. Like, this is my identity. This is who I mm-hmm. am. I can't like, I, I finally found a really good relationship with food because I'm like running like 17 miles every day, you know? So then it was like one of these things where I was like, wait a second. Okay, hold up. Let's take a step back. What are the intention behind this? Like, how are you using this? Is this for your mental health is this for your energy like all that stuff or is it really because you're still really like nervous and fearful of gaining weight and all those things and yeah, that was totally. a hard journey in itself
1: for me. <laughs> I mean, bringing it full circle, I think COVID also brought that out in a lot of people, like, you know, people who had been very dependent. Like, I was not so much into the gym, but I was very, I loved going to Pilates because I had kind of recently, similar to you, I used to be really into boot camp and HIT and all of that yeah. when I was living up in San Francisco. I would go like so crazy, like Barry's boot camp, you mm-hmm. know, 6 a.m. classes before work. Yeah. And it was really taking a toll as well on, you know, my cortisol and all of that. And just like by 2 p.m., I was, ready to take a nap. Mm -hmm. And so recently had found, you know, Pilates and all of that. But then, you know, my personality, very extreme. I'm like, okay, going to Pilates every single morning and, you know, doing the class pass thing. And it also was a really nice routine, like to wake up and go, you know, get in the car and go somewhere. But then COVID hit and all the studios shut down. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what am I gonna do? I'm not a home workout person. Um, you know, and had this sort of like melodrama in my mind too, where I'm like, <laughs> but I just got to this really good place, you know, low yeah. impact. But then I was like, wait, Allie, like if you're having anxiety about, you know, not going to Pilates, like that's an issue too, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, I totally agree with you. I think it brought it out in a lot of people. Um, and also the beginning, I felt like everyone was doing Instagram live workouts mm-hmm. and it was like really stressful for me to see all of those because I'm like okay. Like people were doing them all the time. Right, I don't know like, if you remember oh God, that like, I should be doing it again or I should be hopping on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause everyone's just home. And I was like, okay, am I supposed to be working out this whole time? Like it was, yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> oh my God. Mar- yes. March was weird. March was weird. <laughs> March until now has been a little, Yeah. I'm just gonna <laughs> <laughs> 2020. Yeah.
0: <laughs> literally. I am. I was just thinking about the time. I'm like, how has it been nine months? Like I, I literally don't understand.
1: It's I know. I, I it's, can't yeah this is <laughs> tie I don't understand where it's been <laughs> it's such a concept um but no I completely agree like when March hit
0: initially I was like oh god and even I it's funny I'm not somebody who really cares where I work out like I just like to move my body but I do think that one thing that was super hard for me was not going not leaving my house I mean it's been hard <laughs> but it's like mm-hmm. going to a specific place to just like get that just like a change in pace when you're working out. It's just so helpful. Like I, I yeah. still even think, you know, it's, it's just, I do really miss that. Like I, I love bar classes and doing bar at home. is like not the same. Mm, no. <laughs> like I don't but have a bar. Just like,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean also that, and then it's like, you're just, you associate your house with like relaxing, you know, like I'm in my living room. It's where I just like chill out at the end of the night. Yeah. And then I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I don't want to do burpees in the same mm. place that I'm, you know, watching the real housewives. It just yeah. doesn't vibe with me.
0: No, of course. Of course. Oh, I love it. I, I really do. I think being at home right now, especially, I don't You're in San Francisco or?
1: Was in San Francisco and San Diego right now, actually. San Diego. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. Are your COVID rules like currently really strict or are they more? Chill? They're pretty strict. Yeah. They're. I mean, San Diego has been more chill than like the Bay. Yeah. Like San yeah. Francisco, but yeah, every, they closed down everything like a week ago. Um, Beaches are still open, which is really nice. So people are, it's been like a nice outlet, you know, just like walking and obviously being outside and stuff. Cause they were closed for a little, which I felt like just wasn't helpful. Cause people were just really aggro and like, yeah. you know, I mean, you're outside and it's like a huge beach. So I feel yeah. like that's safe enough to be open, but yeah. Otherwise everything's pretty shut down. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel that I was going to say, cause I'm in Chicago
0: right now. And so one of the, the hard things as a transition for myself as well as like, now that it's cold outside and I don't mm-hmm. love the cold, like my outlet during the summer was to go on walks and to be outside and to even do work outside. And now it's like, okay, it's 30 degrees and like snowing. So mm-hmm. have fun walking. <laughs> right. And yeah. And it's been one of those things where I'm like, okay, I need to find outlets for my mental health in like a way that's like, ah. And so I've, I've been doing like random things around the house, but like moving around, because again, my environment, I can't associate doing work and then working out and doing this like all in the same space. Like it, it's very difficult.
1: <laughs> exactly. I know. Yeah. Wh- I'm like such a, I don't know that much about, you know, cold weather. Cause obviously growing up in California, so but like, I guess, yeah, most people would go to the gym, but now you can't like go, mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess most people are getting Pelotons or, yeah, I know, <laughs> or I treadmills know. or something.
0: <laughs> That's really what I want for
1: Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Um, ugh. well anyways, I really
0: want to, what time is it right now? Okay. We've been talking so much. I'm like, time literally flies on these episodes. I know, I know. I want to get into your current company and kind of how you took, like, your struggle with food and really, one, turned it into something, I think, really beautiful. I think what you've created and what you're doing now is awesome. And not only for sharing your story so openly, but how you've created a company that's really, I think, founded on, upon great values and all that stuff. So please just
1: share it to my audience, kind of like, what it's about, where can we find some, like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No, thank you. Um, yeah. So for everyone listening that hasn't heard of granola butter, um, you're not alone because we're the first to to do it. Um, so it's basically the way I describe it is, um, same texture as, you know, an almond butter or peanut butter, but it's actually oat based. So it's an oat based spread, um, totally nut free. Um, so for anyone who has allergies or, you know, just intolerances or anything like that, it's a great option. And then in terms of the taste, um, we have a bunch of different flavors, but our original is sort of like a graham cracker cinnamon teddy grams vibe. So um, cinnamony, yeah, kind of like earthy and actually a little bit nutty, even though it's nut free, because we use um, ground flaxseed. So that kind of gives it like a little nut flavor. Um, Yeah, but really the idea for granola butter, I mean, it's super random, but it came out of my, you know, recovery journey. I was, you know, really, really restrictive, as I mentioned, for a lot of years. And um, one of my fear foods was, you know, almond butter and peanut butter. So like, which is weird, because now everyone's like, like, you know, high fat, low carb. It's just like yeah. you know, all the trends come and go. Yeah. But for me, it was like, they're so, you know, calorie dense. And I was just like, so afraid of them. Cause I just, they were like such a dense food, I guess. Wow. Um, even though they're delicious and packed with nutrients, like all I saw at the time was just calories. Right. Oh, yeah. So disordered. No, I was the same way. I would not eat peanut butter. And now I literally have it, yeah. I have have it every single day. Like, Oh, same. After. Yeah. <laughs> no, same. I was like, it's such a waste of calories. And I want yeah. like what, who was like, who was she? I didn't even know who she was. Um, and so part of my recovery journey was like adding those fear foods back in, right. Like conquering those fears. And I think, you know, part of it was my fault. Like I kind of went zero to a hundred, but also part of it was like, my gut health just wasn't really ready for all of those nuts because, wow. you know, I treated it like shit for so many years, restricting and binging. And, um, and so I started adding, you know, peanut butter and almond butter onto everything. Cause mm-hmm. as you know, it's like, you have this kind of honeymoon phase when you're like, Oh, I'm adding in all the things that I've been restricting for so long. Mm-hmm. And you go a little ham, you know, for a while, which I think yeah. is needed. Yeah. Um, and it's usually super fun, but you know, <laughs> for me, it was really, I just felt really weighed down, felt really sluggish. Mm -hmm. Um, and so in the meantime, like as I was healing, my gut really wanted something that, you know, was nut free, but still had those good, healthy fats, you know, tasted really good. Mm. And I looked in the market and there was like sunflower seed butter, there was soy nut butter and like nothing wrong with those. But for me personally, didn't love the taste. Like they just didn't do it for me. Um, the way that like a a nut butter did. And so Mm -hmm. had sort of this epiphany, you know, to do an oat based spread because of the rise of Oatly and all these, you know, amazing, delicious oat milks. And I'm like, well, an oat based spread would be delicious. And you know, second of all, oats are super nutritious. They're better for the environment, you know, they take way less water to grow the nuts, just mm-hmm. all of these reasons. And then lastly, you know, a lot of the schools now are nut free. So providing mm-hmm. parents with like a delicious and nutritious option for their kids was an awesome, you know, idea and, you know, a white space that needed to be filled. So mm-hmm. those were kind of all the reasons why we wanted to, you know, start it. And then uh, really the beginning of our company, you know, we were just working on it nights and weekends. So before this, in my past life, <laughs> I was working <laughs> in tech um, in San Francisco and, you know, started this as a side hustle. So I, you know, truly didn't see my friends for like over a year after starting it, because it was like every waking moment when I wasn't at my nine to five, I was working on this. And, you know, as challenging as that was, it was just so rewarding. And for anyone who is starting their own thing, like, you know, how difficult it is, but it's also just the most rewarding thing you can ever do. And so, yeah. So we worked on it for, you know, about a year part-time. And then when we launched into Whole Foods and Press Juicery, we, you know, went full-time just because it was so hard to manage everything. So that was about a year ago. Um, and so now we're in four regions of Whole Foods. We're nationwide with Press Juicery, a bunch of other stores. So if you're looking to find us, um, we have a store locator, but probably your best bet is either our website or Amazon um, or Whole Foods if you're on the west coast or the east coast (laughs) yeah oh my goodness yeah and I'll
0: put all that in the show notes too at the end um but I'm excited to try like I'm obviously ordering like I love nut butters in any way shape or form so I do not discriminate (laughs) yeah yeah I also think it's so cool like it's fun to try new things and I think that's why I also love what you're doing and how you kind of incorporated like your journey back to like making food fun and enjoyable and exciting and different and I think that's the fun of kind of going shopping and being able to try new things, you know? And what kind of flavors do you have? I'm just curious. So there's the- Yeah, so the we
1: have the cinnamon. original, yeah, original sort of like cinnamon Teddy Grahams vibe. We have a chocolate, which I kind of describe as like a brownie batter. It Honestly, I I have no affiliation with Teddy Grahams, but mm-hmm. a lot of our <laughs> flavors taste like Teddy Grahams. So chocolate okay. tastes like ground up chocolate Teddy Grahams is the okay. only way I can describe it, oh, or like a chocolate graham cracker. Um, And then vanilla is almost like, Nilla wafers. It's like a sugar cookie shortbread. Um, and then it's really fun. We actually make everything in-house. So we have a facility, a nut-free facility here in San Diego. And just because of the nature of our product and, you know, being the first to do something like this, we haven't been able to find a co-packer or someone who can, can make our product for us. Mm -hmm. Um, which obviously, you know, it's a lot of work to make it, but the upside is that we can do really fun, cool kind of like pop-up seasonal flavors. So um, like blueberry was our summer seasonal. We just launched a gingerbread for December. We had apple pie in November, pumpkin spice, like all these kind of fun pop-up flavors. Um, So if you, you know, follow us on social or whatever, you'll see like we're doing, we have a bunch in the pipeline of like fun kind of monthly seasonal flavors, which are really good. That's like the best part of my job is just taste testing all this. Dude, that sounds um,
0: amazing. Literally. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is really fun. And um, so the brand is called Queen it's called queen. Yeah. And so part, that name really just came from my Instagram handle is avo queen. And you know, when I launched that, I had no idea, or when I created my Instagram handle, had no idea I was going to do this as a job or create a company, like there no foresight. And, um, but I really just love, you know, queen, it just represents so many things like, you know, female empowerment, body positivity, like everything that I stand for personally. Um, and really just, you know, we want you to feel, like eat like royalty is our tagline just because again, like we want you to feel like a queen when you're eating our product and you know, Mm it's high quality ingredients taste really good, all that jazz. But like you mentioned, yeah, I think, you know, we really want to encourage people to have fun with food again. That's like our, the biggest thing. Um, just because you can get so bogged down when you're trying to eat, you know, and for me, there's nothing wrong with eating healthy, nothing wrong with, you know, wanting to fuel your body with high quality foods. I think, I don't know about you, but like in my recovery, there was I went through this, you know, phase where again, like the honeymoon phase where I was eating all the things and I was like, you know, food freedom, I can eat whatever I want, whenever I want. And like, I didn't feel good because of that. Like it was really good for my mental health and kind of breaking down those restrictive barriers. But I, you know, like I just felt sluggish. I felt tired. I like had headaches and, you know, from all the sugar. And so I think getting to this place of like, of course, balance is like literally the most overused cliche term, but whatever balance means for you, like, you know, and I think incorporating those fun foods is super important, but also, you know, getting real with yourself. And if like, if peanut butter, you know, doesn't work for you and you keep eating it because you're like, I should be able to eat whatever I want. Like, just be real with yourself because, you know, I think being kind to your body also means sometimes treating, like almost being a bigger, you know, older, bigger sister and being like, like, look, I know you want the peanut butter, but you're gonna feel like shit after eating it. So, you know, maybe just oh pump the brakes on that for a little. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of like uh-huh. gentle, gentle nutrition or whatever they call it. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's so funny because I was
0: in that phase of rebellion for a really long time, and I was like, "Fuck diet culture," like, "Fuck it all," and I was just mm-hmm. like, so like, "I'm gonna eat all these things." And you're right. Like, it it got to the point where I'm like, "Okay, I'm eating now," and I like, I'm not honoring my body. Like, I'm doing the opposite of what I actually need now because it. it physically hurts I mean one that was kind of when I was still binging a lot too but it was this long journey itself of course everything's a Mm -hmm. journey of finding that balance and like actually listening and honoring okay me eating way past fullness when I can stop is like not honoring my body anymore like I'm actually full now like my body is like healthy and it, it it says no and now i I get to listen to it or whether that's with like certain again butters or you know luckily i don't have any intolerances because i would be very (laughs) upset (laughs) but again it's it's like there's certain things that i can't eat that i again i used to because i was like diet culture i can eat whatever i want but then i was like wait a second this makes me feel like shit so i don't really want to eat that anymore and so it's again finding that nutrition what it means to you and how it really works with your body like a tuning
1: and listening and I love it. Exactly. And I think the evolution is so beautiful and I kind of feel like every phase is just so needed. Like, yeah. you know, it, you can't skip ahead. I feel like everyone kind of has to go through that that period. Yeah. Um, but like yeah, for so long I was like fuck diet culture and I almost like I made fun of people in my head who were like trying to actively lose weight because I was like, Oh, like they haven't yeah. arrived yet. Like they mm-hmm. haven't gotten to this place. Like they don't even know, they don't even see what diet culture is doing to them. Mm-hmm. And I had this like complex in this, you know, mightier than thou. Yeah, I know what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I feel like, you know, that was really necessary for me to, you know, be in that space. But now I'm at the place. I feel like, okay, I was in that. And then I even evolved again where now I'm like. People like whatever people want to do. Like, if you want to lose weight, that's why I'm it's so you know, not controversial, but like, people are surprised when I'm like, I'm not anti weight loss. Yeah. Like, if you want to lose weight, go yeah. for it. Uh-huh yeah, I just think whatever people want to do, and there's so many people that lose weight in a healthy mental, you know, mentally healthy way. Mm -hmm. For me, that wasn't the experience. And for a lot of people, I know that's not the experience, but that doesn't mean that because someone's trying to lose weight that they're like, you know, dumb or wrong or bad, you know, it's just so, it's so funny how like, it really is such a journey and kind of looking back, like I'm not, you know, Everything happened for a reason and I'm glad that I used to think that way because now I'm like, Oh, okay, I used to think that way, I don't anymore, like this yeah. is growth. Oh my god, that's I love that too. I um I have a mentor who she always says that,
0: you know, we reserve the right to change our minds. And, you know, we if I expected to be the same person I am today, like in three years, like that would be terrible. Like mm-hmm. I, I want to continue growing and evolving and our beliefs and what we think are so like dependent upon our life experience. And the more that we get to just grow and evolve and <laughs> and live the whole thing, um, you know, we get to change what we think. And I love that too. It's like, sometimes we hold so much resentment for our past selves or what we went through or what we used to do. And, you know, we had to go through that to get to where we are now, you know? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's beautiful.
1: beautiful. I love it. (laughs) it.
0: Okay, let me see. Yeah, this time has flown by so fast. (laughs) So I want to, um, before we wrap up, just ask you a couple little fun questions. Um, Yeah. And yeah. So, okay, the first one is if you had, if you were like, Okay. What, what is your favorite meal? Like, If you had a last
1: meal, what would that be? Oh, oh man, girl, I need <laughs> I some time to think about this one. <laughs>
0: I know I should, sometimes I give people a
1: warning, but I forgot to tell you. No, 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 this is good. It's really just truly on the spot. Um, so I love, this is so random, but I love baby back ribs. Sorry, vegans, but I am like a meat eater <laughs> through and through love my red meat. Um, so probably baby back ribs, macaroni and cheese and then what else I love ice cream like a big vanilla ice cream girl I, okay. that combination is kind of strange but yeah. that would No what it's yeah. it's fine it's your last meal yeah. <laughs> yeah um
0: okay cool we could not be more opposite that's so funny but I love that for you I really Yeah do. Um, okay so the next question is what is like a quote or a mantra that you are currently live by, that you currently live by or has really helped you in the past
1: mm, let's see i mean I think it's more like a way of being, but my mom has always been, at first it was very embarrassing. And I kind of, I'll just share like a quick story that will like encapsulate this. But my mom is such a, type like a pit bull type of person where she's never been embarrassed like to ask a question of someone like because she you know is afraid they'll say no like her her whole mantra was like all they can say is no like always ask the question because you never know right like maybe they'll say no but maybe like all of these opportunities will present themselves and for me for so long I was so nervous of like what are people going to think of me and so it prevented me from asking or doing or you know talking to people. Mm-hmm. And so quick story, we were actually in Chicago at the Rolling Stones concert. Um, this was when I was in college and we had flown out there from San Diego for like, it wasn't even a, it's like a four hour flight, but for some reason we were like, oh, we could do a quick weekend trip. It's like kind yeah. of a far <laughs> weekend trip. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, yeah, it's I better. mean, yeah. So we flew in at like 6 PM. The show was at, you know, nine or something went straight to the venue. And my mom, of course, like just, she talks to everyone. And so we had really, really good seats. My mom is a huge Rolling Stones fan. That's we had dope. great seats. I was like super happy about them. And she's like, no, Allie, we need to be in the pit. We need to be front row. And I'm like, mom, come like, just relax. Just enjoy where you are, you know, be happy with what you have. And she's like, I'm going to start, she starts talking to lights guy who like, you know, not I'm sure he's a great guy, but like yeah. in the grand scheme of things was kind of a nobody, right? Like he's not <laughs> going to get us into the pit. And she's talking to lights guy. And she's like, I'm a dentist in San Diego. I'll trade you dental work. If you can get into the pit. And I'm like mortified, like sitting there just like, Oh my God, mom, stop. You're so embarrassing. Like he's going to start laughing at you. And then he goes, and he's like, Oh my God, I'm moving to San Diego. I need a dentist. Like just, you know, like, of course, of course the universe, the universe. He's like, let me just go. And you know, I'll be right back. Let me see what I can do. And I'm thinking like, all right, this guy was just like peacing out, trying to get away from my mom. He comes back in five minutes later with two wristbands to the pit we were like front row at the Rolling Stones, you know, went to the after party, like Mick Jagger, like the whole thing. It was insane. Like probably the highlight of my life. Oh and my it God. all be all because it. no, seriously, all because my mom was like, had the balls to just ask this guy who like, normally you'd be like, Oh, this guy can't do any, I like can't pull any strings. Yeah. And it was just like, I think that just so exemplifies who she is as a person. And so it's sort of like this, ever since that moment, I was like, you're right. You know, I'm never going to be embarrassed of you again, never saying like Mm -hmm. anything again. And so ever since then, like in business, in personal life, I've just asked like, you know, and I think that's so awesome. Like even with you, you know, before we started recording saying like that, you sent me a video reaching out to me, Mm -hmm. you know, to be on this, on this podcast, like, just ask, like, you never know. And not saying I'm the Rolling Stones (laughs) not saying I'm Mick Jagger, but you know, like, whatever. Like, I think just asking is just so huge. And I think we talk ourselves out of things so, so often. And I still do it to this day. Like, I'm not perfect, but, um, yeah, you just never know. And if they say no, then you're at the same place you were before you Mm -hmm. asked. So. I love yeah. that. Oh my goodness. Well, one, your mom sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> sounds She's like a, pretty cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so <cute>. yeah. Leslie. <laughs> oh, Leslie. No, but um, I, I love that too. And I mean whether it's in business, whether it's just like in life in general, you know, we, we tell ourselves we're so afraid of rejection. You right? We're like, oh my God, what's it gonna mean if they say no? And nothing. It it means exactly. nothing. It's like just no, it's just an answer. And it's totally. it's not about you. It's just it is what it is. And yeah, really just like taking that away from like taking it personally is yeah. A good, a good life lesson. So did well. <laughs> yes. Yes. Huge. I love it. Um, and then the last
1: thing that I just wanted to ask is what is the thing about life that makes you most inspired? Ooh, wow. Um, I think, I mean this, like connecting with people, like-minded people, connecting with people who have had shared experiences, um, you know, helping people who are going through like similar journeys. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think just human connection and especially in in 2020 and during this time where it's been never been, you know, harder Mm -hmm. is so huge. And I think it just, it reminds me, you know, why I'm doing what I'm doing. I think we can all kind of get like so caught up in the minutiae and like the details and logistics of life and like adulting. And it's like, you know, again, going back to, you know, reminding people to have fun with food, like have fun in your life. Like, I think, you know, when is the last time you did something just for fun is something that like, I really tried to ask myself because as someone who's really high, you know, highly motivated, high achieving, like I have a tendency to always want to be productive. So it's like, I'm folding laundry and I'm listening to a podcast. Mm-hmm. Like I'm driving and I'm listening to an audiobook or whatever. Like I'm never just mm-hmm. enjoying the moment or doing something for fun. It always has to be for productivity. And so that's been something I've had to remind myself, but you know, through that, I think a lot of it is just like, yeah, human connection, having fun, like playing. Um, those are all things that just, I'm so happy about just being a human and being alive. Um, Yeah. I think that's my, uh, my final answer <laughs> oh my god Allie, that is
0: so beautiful i think that's a great place to wrap up um i i seriously this conversation has been amazing and i just want to thank you again i know that my audience is going to have so much value from this and i will yeah put everything in the show notes your instagram want to drop that real quick your handle
1: yeah yeah it's just avo queen so it's a v o k
0: w e e n Yeah, she's really awesome on Instagram. So you guys should go follow her and find her. Um, And yeah, so thank you. Thank you so much for having us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Let's Get Um podcast. One quick thing before you go. If this episode brought you added value, insight, or inspiration, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could help spread the word of my podcast and my mission. If you could please write a five-star review and share this on Instagram, I would be forever grateful. Make sure to tag me so I can personally thank you. And if you screenshot your review and DM it to me, I will enter you in a raffle to win a completely free one-on-one breakthrough coaching session with me. Yep, that is a $150 value, completely free. So what are you waiting for? I'll talk to you soon. Until next time, let's go.